case, I am Kim Crawl. I am reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi, guys. Hi. I am very tired. I, uh, I've had a fun, long few days. Well, fun. Um, I did get to go to Disneyland again on run day, and that was really awesome. Um, it's really fun. My buddy's like, I'm like, you keep inviting me. He's like, yeah, you're a really good hang. Um, I ride all the rides, and I don't, com- you know, I don't complain. Like, I'm not like, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm always up for a good time. But we have, we have a really, uh, a big blast together. And I did, we didn't ride a roller coaster, so I didn't cry. Uh, but man, that Star Tours, dude, that, that, if anybody's ever been to Dis- Disney World or Disneyland, it's like the before Galaxy Edge and like all the new Star Wars Disney shit. It's like the OG of Star Wars ride. And it's called Star Tours. Oh, that movie rocked my world as a child. And it rocks my world as an adult. Oh, I was so happy in there. I like clapped. I think I cried. It was so much fun. Uh, but I had... I, uh, yeah, my breath is really bad today. It is bad. Um, well, so I, you know, I, and it's so funny. I went with... Uh, when I went with them the first time, we went with our couple friend. And I mean, we went and had... Like, we went from like 9 a.m. to like 9 p.m., which is a long day. But it was like, you know, we didn't... We wrote a lot, but it was like, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't as like active. And then the second time we went with uh, some kids and um, some of his friends, adult friends, but it was like a day with kids. So we were like pretty tuckered out by like seven. This time we went with two of his friends, one of the guys I know, but two of his friends, like we're all like, you know, in our like late thirties, forties and we went from AM. And we went from 8 a.m. and then we closed down the park. So we went like 8 a.m. to 12.30 a.m. And then yesterday I had an extra work job background. If you don't, if you're not in the business of movies, um, that is, I just swallowed. I, I learned that you might like the sound of the swallow because it's ASMR. Um, but it's, uh, you know, like the people in the background of like TV shows and movies, like those are just like out of work actors or, you know, people who are chasing their dreams. So I had this background job yesterday and that's why I'm super breathy. So I had to be there at like nine, but I had to, it was like the most involved background job I've ever had. Like you, I'm non-union. <clears throat> so I make uh 15 an hour and then like you, it's so with these jobs, you make 15 an hour and you hope and you, with a minimum of eight hours. So you hope that they only need you for like two. So then you end up making, a, you know, the big chunk of money for two hours. But if they need you for the eight, you're hoping they need you for like 15 because then you go into like double time and golden time and all that bullshit. But like they're always long days and I used to do it a long time ago. And course, now I'm in here. I can't stop yawning. Um, I used to do it a long time ago. And now, you know, as I'm like not bartending and, you know, not bartending at like a bar bar. I'm just kind of picking up whatever I can, but it's so, I forget how just like, first of all, like, it's just like, we're, you you know, I get it. Like people are so dumb. So I get why the PAs like kind of talk to you the way they do, but it's just like, so this was the most involved extra job I've ever had. So first we have to do the like fitting, right? And then when we get to the fitting, they're like, uh, we get to the fitting and we have to wear, you know, it's like a period piece, which I had no idea. Like the show's called Perry Mason. I had no idea. Like there, it's a background job. I'll get to why I'm like so defensive about this in a second. So like I, I go, we, we get to the fitting and you have to, you know, they're fitting you for like old 1930s clothes, which is wild. Like wearing that stuff, like God, being a woman in the 1930s, 
fuck man um barely were allowed to vote you're not really like it's just like that was the prime time for white men you know and women were just like expected to just wear like the tightest most uncomfortable not tight like sexy tight but just jesus so you get fitted and then they're like we have to teach you how to do your hair because you have to wear your hair in rollers or pin curls to come in so it's like okay so this like kind of weird guy teaches us how to do that and um um, fuck, I don't feel very good. Like, I like feel kind of nauseous. I'm telling jokes in a few hours and I'm like, I'm struggling. I, like, I can't stop yawning. And I, so anyway, so this like weird guy teaches us how to put our hair in like, like pin curls. And then the night before, so I'm at Disneyland, we get a message the day before and it's like, all right, you got to do these things. Here's your call time. Also, uh, no nail polish, no gels, no nail polish. And I was like, well, they didn't tell us that. And then they were like, and there will be smoke. And if you want to smoke, you can smoke, but, uh, there will also be, you know, just smoke in there. And they didn't tell us that I would have those two things right there. I would have never submitted for that job, but I was like, it's probably okay. Like I have my inhaler. I'll probably be fine. Right. And the nail polish, I was like, yeah, they didn't tell us that. So, and I just got my nails done and I'm like, I'm not taking that off. Like if you want to pay me $90 for a manicure pedicure, then I'll take it off, but otherwise I'm not. So I get there and it's so annoying. So I lie and say, like I had a job this morning and I just said it was for that job. And it's just so annoying that I have, like, that's the only way they took it seriously. Like, if I was just like, no, you can't take my nail polish off. I paid for this. I did know, you know, it's just the, it's so, the way, it's just so wild. And if, again, if it was like, I had like a guest starring role, I probably, I obviously would have known all this information and, you know, whatever. But, so I was like, all right, should we have to get there at 9 a.m.? I cannot stop yawning. I have to stop this because like the yawn is just like, dude. Okay, so we get there. We get there, like my call time is at like 9 a.m. We get shuttled in there. They send me to makeup. And when I tell you, this woman was the biggest bitch. Like this, what a bitch. So I get in there and I'm like, hi. And I have a tattoo. And I was like, hi, uh, I have a tattoo. And she's like, where is it? I'm like, well, it's my ankle. And she's like, well, then we have to cover it up. And I was like, okay. And she goes, and we have to take that nail polish off. And I was like, oh no, I can't. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that. And I, you know, I lied and said I have this job, but I, I'm annoyed that I had to do that. But it was the only, I, it was easier than like arguing, right? So it was just like, I have this job, I can't. And she's like, well, you have to. And I was like, I'll just go home. Like, I don't want, I don't, this job, I don't want this job that much. Like, I don't need this job. So I'll just go home. And she, and then every other makeup artist around was like, no, 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 they'll just get you gloves. Let's just go to wardrobe. And like, and this was such a fucking bitch. So I come back and I was like, yeah, they just gave me gloves. And she's like, yeah, in the 1930s, they didn't paint their nails, especially red. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, it was the depression. And I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, like why, what, like you need to be doing a little bit of research before you actually accept a job. And I was like, well, it's a background job. Like it's not. And she's like, I'm just saying, I, I don't have any idea why you would come here without doing your research. And as she's like covering up my tattoo, she's like so mad. And I'm like, all right. So I like, I, I was just like, all right, well, this woman isn't going to be my fan. So I'm not even going to, I don't, who gives a fuck. Right. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just be quiet. 
so then I, I'm looking around and I see that they're plucking everyone's eyebrows and they're shaving and they're shaving men and they're plucking women eyebrows. And I'm like, oh, you can't pluck my eyebrows. Like one, I didn't say that right away, but I was like, oh, are you plucking eyebrows? And she goes, we will if we have to. And one, I don't let makeup artists pick, pluck my eyebrows anymore unless it's like, here's the stray hair. We'll pluck this tiny one. Cause years ago I had a makeup artist do that. And then she cut my eyebrows and they never fucking grew back. And it's just like, I don't care unless you're paying me 10 grand. You're not plucking my eyebrows. There's makeup. You can, you, oh, I was so annoyed. Plus the job I had this morning, I signed a con like as a ha eyebrow hair growth serum job. So I signed a contract in order to get paid. I wouldn't pluck my eyebrows. Like I would allow them to do it. So I was just like, Oh, I can't have my eyebrows plucked. And she's like, well, you need to have thinner eyebrows. And I was like, I'll go home. <laughs> like I was like, I, I have a, it was a pretty significant job tomorrow where I signed a contract. And then she looked at my eyebrows. She goes, all right, well, they're, they're thin enough. Like you understand that in the 1930s, they had thin eyebrows. She was such a bitch, you guys. It was just like constant fighting, like a, just a constant fight. And I was like, okay, well, great. So I was like worried she'd get to my eyebrows and she'd be like, I just need to plug this one. Thankfully, she just fucking left it alone. I was like, I signed a contract. You cannot do that. She was so mad. And then so she was like, ah, we're not supposed to put blush on your face, but I need to put blush on your face. We need to do something about this. And I didn't want to engage to be like, what do you mean? Something about what? Because it was like, obviously she didn't like me. Obviously the second I walked up, who knows why I didn't like, th why this bitch didn't like me, but she obviously didn't. Um, Cause like, I mean, she's like, I mean, I have to do something about this, about my face. Like, was it not? I was just so, I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I like to wear blush. And she was like, yeah, I can't, I can't not have something on here. It's bad. Like something like that. I was like, okay. So later that day I was walking in, it's like a call. It's like, a, you know, it was like a cattle call. So there were like 300 people there and I'm walking in and this bitch is like, she's like pops out of nowhere. And she's like, why aren't your gloves on? Your, be your gloves better be on while you're in there. And I was like, lady, like calm the fuck down. First of all, the gloves they gave me were crazy small. So if I wore them for two, I couldn't move my hands. So I like, when we weren't in takes, I took them off. Like what a crazy person. I have to let this go. This bitch lives rent free in my head the last 24 hours. And I want to talk about that today. People who live rent free in your head. Some are like funny things and some it's like you shouldn't, but I want to go to the rest of the day and then I'll tell you about the rent free in the head. So, oh, there goes the breath. Um, so then, but then I went and got my hair done by this woman, this older woman, this woman who was 70 fucking eight years old. And she did, she looked like probably like 60, 65. And uh, she was like, yeah, I just like a lot of people keep telling me I should retire, but um, she's like, I like doing hair. So I just, you know, I like doing it. And I like having, she's a cafe with her son. I followed them. She was like, yeah, keep in touch. Maybe we can start a comedy night. We talked about our family. We both like cried. Like we both, you know, we talked about like trauma and it just like right away. She just like, it was just like one of those things that like, I don't know if she just could tell that I would be an open person or maybe she just tells the story to everyone. But we like had like this wonderful conversation about her estranged daughter and like her son and her other daughter. And we talked a little bit about my dad and and we talked a lot about like I, watched, I mean it took her like an hour to do my hair because this fucking show they had to like do this like I don't know 19 it was the 1930s did you do your research like what a bitch for like just no reason and and you guys know me I don't have an attitude unless I have unless like you are an asshole right or you're a creepy dude in public or an annoying person in public I don't know maybe <laughs> maybe sometimes I have an attitude but not like when I'm getting my hair and makeup done for a job I'm always like what's your name hi nice to meet you like Jesus Christ I usually end up leaving with like the makeup and hair artists 
Instagrams and we follow each other for life. Like I got the woman's, the hair woman's cafe Instagram and like, yeah, it was just, it was just wild. So we, we had this long talk about, it's just so, and, and she, she talked about, I, I mean, she was just like, yeah, I mean, like so many, a big percentage of people were sexually abused and an, and an, an even bigger percentage of those people, it was done by a parent. And she was like, back in my day, it was all the time. And it was just literally like men have needs. And I was like, fuck. And she goes, yeah, like her, she had a foster kid and the foster kid's mom was trying to get the foster kid to, to forgive her father who sexually abused her. And she was like, if I was able to forgive him for what he did to you, you should be able to. And it's just like, the like, I don't know. I think I'm going to do a whole other Me Too episode. I know those are kind of rough, but um, I always end up getting a couple of messages of people that, you know, just talking, just fucking talking about it, man, helps. And we got to remove the stigma. The job I had today... The receptionist, she's been the the receptionist. I don't know what you call the secretary. I, I think it's receptionist now, office manager. I have no idea. Um, but the, the woman, you know, checking me in and like having me write all my shit out. She's been there. I, I've been going to this job for uh, several months and she's been there. Every week we kind of catch up. Every month we kind of catch up. And this week she was like, oh yeah, I forgot your comedian. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she goes, you know who my favorite comedian is? And it's awful because he's been accused of so much sexual abuse and assault. And I was just like, girl, I don't even want to know, honestly. Like, like it's, it's, she said Brian Callen. And that's, I, I was just like, I, I don't, I mean, I've read the stories and it's horrifying. And it's even more horrifying that you prefaced whether if he's guilty or not. Um, he was cool. You know, I, I met him years ago and he was always really nice to me. And when I see him now, he says hi. And he remembers me from when he was, he was just starting out and I wasn't a comic yet, but like that does, but like, I haven't seen him since the allegations have come, come out, but that's not, that story's not even the point of it. The point of it is this woman was like, I know he's a rapist, but I still think he's funny. And it's just like, there are so many d talented people in the world. Why in the fuck do we give a pass to these, these predators? It was just so wild the way she was just like, I know, but he's so funny. So I still go and see him. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's not fun for me to hear. <laughs> she was like, and I was just like, I, it's been, it's been a rough week comedy wise. Um, a, a friend of mine, um, committed suicide a few days ago. Uh, and I haven't seen her in a long time, but we started comedy together and she was pretty, she was a pretty key fixture in the community and she committed suicide. And it's just, so it's it, like, I'm a little on it. I'm a little sensitive about my, my comedy peers right now. Um, that I was working with this guy. He, he randomly a comic I know was on the set yesterday and he, he was, I wasn't going to launch into this yet, but here we are. Cause I got to still finish the day. But, um, he was talking about, uh, how, you know, he was having a hard time with, with comics in, in our business and how they, you know, they're kind of they're you know, they talk shit about him and they're mean to him. And I was just like, I'm so fed up. I'm just so fucking fed up. And I was just like, we, and I, this is how I feel. It's like comics. I, I've learned to understand that the movie Joker, the Joker movie and how fucked up and mentally ill that guy is like, that's comedians. That's, that's all of us. Like we're all one bad day away from like really thinking about it. You know, we, it's just the way our brain works. I mean, I've talked about my own side, suicidal ideologies and, when you're when you're a comedian, I'll, you know I, I've had many many friends over the years 
commit suicide or die of addiction. And it's just, there's something in our brains, the way they work. And we're just this unique animal or a unique type of person. And we don't make it easier for each other when we know that, you know, and I, I just, I was talking to that guy and I was just like, I'm just so fucking sick of it. Like one of our own just killed our, herself the other day and we're all now sad and we're going to talk about being kind to each other. But then, but then in like three weeks we'll forget and we'll go back to being fucking mean girls and not lifting each other up and like not being supportive. And it, it's just, it's, I'm just tired of it. I'm just really tired of it. And this woman was really well loved and um, it's wild. She, her suicide note, they made the obituary, I guess. She wrote it as an obituary and it's, she was a really good writer. So it was really well written and it was beautiful, but it was just really eerie to read. And it's just, I'm just really sad. And, it, 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 you know, and it's just like, and it's just really fucking sad. Um, just be kind. You know, when I was at Disneyland the other day, there was a guy that was with us who um, I had such a crush on for a while, but he has like a pretty serious girlfriend, but he is awesome. And we were, <laughs> we had a great time, but he has a pretty serious girlfriend. So Kim does not have crushes on unavailable people anymore. Um, but we, you know, we spent all day together, like the four of us. And we, you know, we, we shared a lot of our, like, you know, our private shit. And he at one point just goes, God, we're all so fucked up. Humans are so fucked up. And like, but we all hide it from each other. Like that's like, we're all so fucked up. And we try to like, we isolate and we like, we push it down or we like, you know, we, we, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast yet, but, uh, the Will Smith slap, um, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. I, there's a billion opinions and there's a lot of layers to it. But like, I think one of the big things is just like mental illness. Like Will Smith is obviously not okay, you know? And we've seen that over the last like couple of years and in interviews and shit about him where it's just like, but like the stigma around getting help with mental illness and we're dealing with our feelings in like an appropriate manner or just being there for each other. It's just, I, I don't know. And it's just like, we're all so fucked up. But yeah, rest in peace. Her name was Sarah. Uh, I have no idea how to say her last name. And it was always kind of a joke whenever I'd say her name and she'd laugh and I'd be like, and she'd say it and I'd be like, girl, I have no idea. Because <laughs> like, I try, I try. But she was a, I don't know, check on your, check on your friends. Just be kind to each other. It just, it's so, I'm so, I'm so sad about it. Um, and though I haven't seen her in a long time, it, you know, it brings up stuff about my friend Anna too. Like Anna, People, you know, once she died, she, she committed suicide a few years back. And, and when she died, everyone was just like, oh, Anna, my friend, Anna. And I'm like listening to these people that I watched be mean to her and like for no reason. And I know we're all just fucking hurt and I know hurt people hurt people, but it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's, 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 um, I'm just, I, it's made me try to be more mindful on how I talk to and treat people. And I know I'm pretty ahead of the curve and being kind, but like I could do more, you know, there's sometimes where I get really frustrated about little shit and I'm like, you, this isn't personal. None of it's personal. Let it roll off your back. You know, it's all so short. Um, but yeah, uh, back to the, oh yeah. So yeah, we have this woman and I were just talking about just like how common this stuff is and just like, and, and, and it's the first time I've talked about, uh, we were talking about, um, 
the comic and I who were, uh, who was doing the extra job yesterday, we were talking about all the stuff you got to do in order to be a comic other than just stand on stage and tell jokes. Like there's a lot of like business side of it. And I, I was like, I, I've been kind of slacking on that, but like one thing, and I haven't said this out loud and I haven't, but the last few weeks of just like talking to a lot of people about all the shit humans just go through, you know, all the traumas we have and all the heartbreaks. And, um, I was just like, yeah, I, I just really believe in my podcast. And I've never said that. I just believe in the show. I believe that this is a good, um, I've gotten enough emails from you guys that you relate to, you know, I mean, this is raw and, and I don't, edit it and I just talk about what I'm fucking going through and sometimes I sob and sometimes I'm laughing and I just but I get emails from you guys saying that like you relate or it's helpful and I just believe in the show and I believe that you know if we're only sick as our secrets you know man and like the more we like talk to each other and we're kind to each other and maybe people like Sarah won't feel so fucking isolated. I just, I always think about Anna's last moments and just how fucking alone she must've felt. And like to get there, I've had suicidal ideologies and I've had lots of, you know, I've a bad depression where it was like the option and the thing that was like stopping me from doing it was trying to figure out what I was going to do with Henry. Now, before you're like, what about Lucy? I didn't have Lucy yet back then. Um, but like trying to figure out, what I was going to do with Henry was the thing that like kept it. But I also knew enough, like intellectually, I knew that my brain was just not working well and I just needed to tell anyone who would listen. You know what I mean? Like I just knew. And, but like, I, I never got to the point where I was like, you know, tying a goddamn noose. And I just think about Anna's last moments all the time. And just, I have her old hat and it's still hanging in my room. And maybe I'll bring that to Thailand and, and I don't really hot and it's not really a summer hat, but I don't know. I just want to wear it somewhere cool and remember her and honor her. And just, it's, I just, Sarah's last moments. I can't imagine writing that final note and just being like, yeah, the note was really eerie too. Cause it was just like so calm and so decided, you know, there was no frantic or maybe last minute I'll change my mind. It was just very matter of fact that this woman had made up her mind. It's just really fucking heartbreaking. And I'm glad I, I do this on the show. If you, if you, you know, and I've, I've said it a lot, if you're ever struggling and you just want to email someone and you don't have anybody to email or talk to, some of you have done that before. You've emailed me, Kim, Kim Crawlspace at gmail.com. They're always open. Um, you're not alone, man. It's, it's hard being a human and abuse is so common. God, yeah, this woman, when she said that, that woman's mom was like, I forgave him, can't you? Why? Why? I mean, yeah, look, I forgave my dad and I, I believe that forgiveness. And that's why I said to the lady, I was like, I forgave my dad. And she was like, well, yeah, but you didn't do it for Tom. And I was like, no, I didn't forgive my dad for, for Tom. I forgave my dad for me. I didn't want to have a, you know, it's been seven years almost that he passed away and God, I would have been a whole different person had I not forgiven him while he was still alive. Just like a whole other human. I don't even know if I'd still be here, you know, just so forgiveness is huge, but 
yeah, so that woman and I hugged. We cried. It was lovely. And she was such a great palate cleanse from that bitch of a makeup artist. I just can't get over it. You should do your research. And I was like, obviously, I do my research when it's like a job job. You know what I mean? Like if it was like I had speaking lines, like if I was auditioning for Perry Mason and they were like, you getting a guest star role, I would watch the television show a couple of episodes, but it's background. Just what a bitch for no reason. Um, so then we go into this courtroom and it is a wall of smoke. The first hour I'm like, Oh, my head kind of hurts and I'm having a little hard time breathing. I didn't bring my inhaler in cause like, the day before the email, they said there might be some smoke, but I just assumed that was like, oh, anytime they say there's going to be some smoke, it's like, oh, it's like for like, they, they turn it off. There's like a smoke machine. They turn it off. They give you breaks. There's windows. They let you go outside. It was like six hours standing in this hot box room. And I'm a child of the eighties. My father used to hot box me in the car while he chain smoked and like, yeah, that sucked. And I prefer he didn't do that, but I, you know, I was okay. I, you know, I, you know, I was fine, but, uh, my, my lung, my respiratory issues, which are un, unknown now I'm calling the doctor to make an appointment. I keep saying that just, I mean, I know I don't have asthma. I don't have COPD and I'm hoping he just lets me keep having my inhaler. But, um, but yeah, so like, I, I don't know, like four hours into standing this fucking hot smoke, this like smoked smoky room. I went up to the PA and I was just like, Hey, I don't like being that person, but like, how long are we going to be in this room? Um, if it's like 20 minutes, I will stick it out. If it's like an hour, I got to go get my inhaler. I had no idea it'd be this smoky. And thank God she was so nice. She was like, go get it now. And I was like, okay. And then I came back and she was like, Hey, and in between takes, you can just step out and like sit. There's a chair out there and you can just sit. And so that's kind of what I did. And I met this really sweet guy who plays a stormtrooper and now Ant-Man at Disneyland. I love him. Um, so that was, that was meeting the hairstylist and meeting this guy yesterday were like two of the highlights of the day. And like, and I met another woman who was pretty rad. So like, I think like yesterday was necessary, but I was like, I think I am not going to come. So I, I'm booked again for two days next week. And I, I, I was like, I'm going to see how I feel tomorrow. This is what I said yesterday. I'm going to see how I feel tomorrow um, with my lungs and shit. And it has been a rough day. Like my, like I am sitting here and I can't breathe. And um, I mean, I inhaled cigarette smoke for like 10 hours. I should have asked just to go home, but I don't know. I'm a people pleaser. I'm having, I'm like avoiding emailing the company that booked me, but I mean, I'm going to, there's, there's no way I can spend another, uh, two 12 hour days in a room like that. Dude, it was so much smoke, which I guess is a new fun thing to learn about my long haul COVID symptoms. I used to be able to sit in a room that was full of smoke for hours and hours. Now I cannot. Um, but man, that makeup artist. But yeah, living rent-free in my head. And so um, I have a neighbor that works at Trader Joe's. That bitch lives rent-free in my head. I think I've talked about her before. She is not nice. She's a bitch, man. I'll see her out in the like, and I and for a long time, every time I see her at Trader Joe's, I'm like, I wonder if she remembers me. I'm like she obvious, she has to. I'm a six foot. I used to be a redhead. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like I don't blend in. I'm not like an average-looking human. I'm a very tall human. I'm you know, I'm vibrant, but you know what I mean? I don't like sulk, I don't, whatever. So, and we've also both lived here for like 10 years and she's, she's the one who was standing outside mid pandemic 
or like when things were bad without a mask on talking to the, the rapey neighbor that got evicted, but kept trying to come back. I don't know if you guys remember that story. That was last, last year. It was terrifying. And he had come in again, like I'd called the gate and someone let him in. He wasn't living there and they were standing out. I mean, they were outside, but they were like blocking the, the way walkway for me to go with no masks on. And this was when it was like real scary. It was right after I, my like first quarantine, so I just gotten over first COVID, not gotten over it, but I just gotten over the quarantine. So I was still testing positive. I was still sick, whatever. Right. And I walked by them and they didn't have masks on this bitch. Like they wouldn't move. And like, I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And she was like, we, she was like, I, I, um, I've had my mask on all day. That was her response. Something like that. And I want, I'm so, one of my biggest regrets in my life is I didn't look at that woman. Cause she wouldn't move. She was like, you know, like a foot away from me and she wouldn't move. And she said that and it took everything. I, I, I like later I was like, I should have said this. I wish I would have looked at her and been like, it's okay. I have COVID now. So I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I just, like, even though I didn't, but just to be like, yeah, wear a fucking mask or get out of the way. Like just get out of the way. Um, that bitch lives rent free in my head. There's fun stuff that lives rent free in my head. I can't think about it. Right. I can't think of anything right now. I mean, a lot of stuff, actually, there's a lot of things that make me laugh pretty hard that I like think about sometimes, man, why are they escaping me now? Uh, there's two old coworkers that I'm actively trying old coworkers. I haven't worked with these people in like over a decade and I see them from, you know, um, from time to time. One of them years ago started a lot of horrible rumors about me a lot. And, um, I've never, I don't talk about her much on the show just cause she frightens me cause she's just not a very stable person and she's a pathological liar and people fucking believe her. Like there, there are people that still believe wild rumors about me, even though they like know me now. And, but she, she, she and this guy that she's good friends with, they, they, they don't say the nicest things about me. Um, and I mean, they're fine. I don't have any, like, I don't actively, but like what they think about me still lives rent free in my head. I, I could go, I, I, the only time I see them is if I go to a bar that they're usually at drunk right? Like that. And then, and doing like, you know, swapping, going into the bathroom and doing lines of blow and like, but they still, their opinion of me, even though like intellectually and like I'm working on it, you know, I don't care, but they're like deep down, they live rent free in my head and what they think about me. Years ago, I heard that they were, they were making fun of me for, uh, you know, uh, someone told me that they were like making fun of my comedy career. Um, and I was like, were they doing that in between lines of, of doing Coke in the bathroom at Cabo Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard or a different bathroom? And, you know, I like it. And it's just, it's just so interesting. Like the people that live rent free in your head. And I don't know why I allow this and I'm actively working on it. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing about it. I'm meditating on it. I don't, go to the places that I know they're going to be at just cause like it just, I always feel bad. And you know, a big theme of all this is me, a big theme of my show, especially in the last you know year or so is just like, I guess it's only been around like a year and a half, maybe. Oh, it's been around two. Remember I celebrated my two year anniversary two weeks ago. Um, is just like, I don't like talking to or being around people that aren't, don't make me feel good. And I just never feel good. Um, yeah, who lives rent free in your head? A good friend of mine, we're talking about this a couple of weeks ago and she has a couple of people that live rent free in her head. And we were like, 
we were talking about how we were going to actively support and work, work with, you know, work hard, like support each other and like actively work hard to like erase these people from our brains. But I think we all have someone that like we could let go of their opinion because it's like these two people that I, I, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like if I look at it, I'm like, why do you care? And if I like, if I'm, but if I'm having an extra bad day or an extra insecure day and something about them pops up, I will spin out. And, and she was like, oh yeah, I have a couple people like that. And I've asked around and we all have that, like who lives rent free in your head? You know? Um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's, and, 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 you know, when I look at it like intellectually and like with like, you know, um, if I'm like from an outside party, like those two people, that's as big as their fishbowl gets, you know, like that's, that's their lives are, have been what they are for the last, I don't know, the entire time I've known them. And I know it was that way at least a decade before they came into my life. And, and that there's nothing wrong with that. If that's, if they're happy, if that that's what they want to do with their life, that's totally fine. None of my business, but they, they, uh, for people who say that they love their life, they criticize others who are living their lives differently an awful lot. Um, they used to do that to a, a good friend of mine too. Um, we used, she and I, I mean, she and I, the co I lost her to Trump, but before she became all Trumpy, we used to talk about how they would, how they lived rent free in her head too. Cause they just, they're mean girls, you know, mean fucking girls, man. I mean, one of them's a dude, but you know what I mean? But so my friend of my friend and I were talking about people who live rent free in our head. We, we were like, we're going to make a pact to like work on this and like, and you know, it's a lot of turning it over. And it's also for me, it's a lot of looking at like why these specific people bother me. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause there's a lot of people who don't, believe in me, who shit on my career, who, you know, say shitty things. And that's just, uh, that's just part of putting yourself out there the way I do. It's just like, that's just how it goes. But for some reason, these two people like really affect me and affect my mental health. If, if it's, if it's on a bad day and I hear something about it, they really affect my mental health. And, but so when I, when I'm letting them go, I'm looking at like, what about them makes, you know, like what is triggering for me about them. Cause it's not about them at all. You know what I mean? Like th these people are a persona non grata. Like they're not important, but like to me anyway, but like, but yeah, so it's like looking at the triggers of like, why do they, and the Trader Joe's woman, I just, just like, I just don't understand unkind people. And then one day I was at Trader Joe's, like a couple weeks ago, I was at Trader Joe's and, uh, she was there and we never acknowledge each other, by the way, ever, even if we're in our apartment at Trader Joe's, if I saw her anywhere, if we don't acknowledge each other, I imagine she doesn't like me either. I don't know why. Um, I don't stand in her way and like refuse to move for no reason at all, but, uh, who knows? But we're at, I was at Trader Joe's and I was walking through the aisle and a Trader Joe's worker was there and they were like taking up the whole aisle. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And it was that bitch and she wouldn't move. Finally, it'd be, excuse me, can I get by? And she like turned around and looked me up and down and like barely moved. And I was like, so you're like, why are you such a bitch? And then I don't know, the, the, you know, the bigger person in me could maybe be like, hi, we're neighbors. How are you? I'm Kim. We've never actually met, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm all on board being the bigger person, but I also don't care that much. I'm kidding about her living rent free in my head. Uh, the other two, I'm not really, but so my friend and I were talking 
about uh, that. And we were talking about how we're going to support each other about letting these people go and like not, I mean, I've un I've muted them on all of social media. So I just don't see their shit anymore. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I like do everything I can to remove myself from that life. Hollywood is a small town sometimes, but like I've done everything I can to remove myself from that, that those, that, that life just so I can get away from, you know, uh, I don't know. It does make me feel good. And it, it, uh, yeah, they, they told a friend of mine, friend of mine bought my book and he was like, didn't you guys buy her book? Like, of course you did. You used to work with her. And they looked at him and said, quote, no, we'll never buy that book ever. <laughs> I was just like, why? I mean, like, I get it. Like they, I just, they, I, I maybe I live rent free in their head too. I don't know. But, but my friend, my, my friend and I who were working on, you know, ev evicting people from our heads, she, she, uh, she texted me one day out of nowhere and she was like, Hey, um, you should just raise the rent in your head. And I was like, that is such a cool, simple thing. Like the people that are going to take up space in my head now are just going to be people that deserve to be there. You know, it's so wild. Yeah. Raise the, raise the price in your head. Evict those people. Uh, it's not easy. Um, it's not easy. That's, I don't know. I'm going to go back to what that guy said at Disneyland. God, we're all so fucked up. We're all so fucked up. And you know, when I'm in my most like Zen, you know, Zen aligned self, I can see these two people for what they are and I cannot take it personally and I can hold space for them and I can, you know, send them love and let it go. Light and love, baby, let it go. But when I am like in my like shit, and something about them comes up or I like they like, it's like my, like my mean voice in my head is like, has what they say about me locked and loaded. So when I'm having a particularly rough day, they're like, remember that time that so-and-so said X, Y, and Z, you know, we all have, I mean, I, I, the more I research this, the more I realize we all have several voices in our heads. Right. And my mean voice likes to remind me of what these people say sometimes, but I'm working on it and I, you know, I'm working on evicting them and you know, some days I do, some days they're right there, but I've had it written down for a while that I wanted to talk about that because I know we all have it. You know, we all have some random person that just is so insignificant in the grand scheme of things that we allow to get under our fucking skin. And uh, I don't know, I'm here to tell you to try and let that go. Forgive, move on. You deserve to have a, a shitty free people in your head, shitty people free in your head. You know what I mean? Um, so I had, I had uh, brunch a couple of weeks ago with my old, an old friend, one of my first friends I made out in Los Angeles. And I just love it. Last, last week, I believe it was, or two weeks ago, I talked about um, just like the precious few you should hold on to. And this woman, uh, she and I, her name's Jenny and she is just, this woman's a fucking superhero, man. She's just a superhero. We met on a naked juice spec commercial with our friend Stacy and, uh, and not unfortunately, but Stacy and I aren't friends anymore. Um, at all. I'll get to why. Um, Stacy is, uh, Stacy, Stacy was one of the coolest people I'd ever met in my life. She moved here. She was like this, she was a little older than me when I was like 22. She was like 30. 
Um, and she was like, you know, this independent woman who moved here by herself to be an actress. And, you know, she lived in her own apartment and she like had this cool boyfriend. But then, uh, later my cats are sitting in the doorway, just staring at me. And I love it when they do that. Um, Henry was really sick last week, really sick. He was like throwing up a lot and it was really scary. And if I haven't said it enough, if you were looking for a cat doctor, go to Dr. Kumar. Han Sunset, he is an angel. Like I, so I called Friday morning. I'm all over the place. I think this is just crawl space, right? Where I, I, I'm all over the place. I talk uh, like bees. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I called on Friday for Henry because he was, and I'll get back to Jenny and Stacy. Don't worry. It's a pretty interesting story. It's kind of fun. Um, I'm bummed out. Stacy's a, you know, friends come and go and people change. And sometimes you don't change in the same ways, um, which is unfortunate sometimes, especially in this, the case of Stacy. But, uh, but yeah, I called Dr. Kumar on Friday morning cause Henry was like throwing up and I don't know if any, who needs to know this with cats. Um, a lot of my cat friends seem to think that it's like normal for your cat to throw up. It's like very not normal for your cats to throw up like the occasional hairball or the occasional eating too fast and throwing up maybe, but like, I, I know some people who are like, yeah, my cats throw up all the time. And I'm like, that's not normal or healthy. And a lot of those people who have those cats, like their cats, you know, I mean, some of them, I guess, live for a long time, but I, I don't know. It's just not normal. It's not. And, and Henry, every time he's thrown up, like uh, uh, consistently for a few days and I go to the vet, it's always something's wrong, right? When he got really sick a couple of years ago. Um, and so whatever. So Friday morning, he had thrown up for a couple of days. And so I called them and I was like, yeah, hey, and I uh, just keep getting a good vet that just like they were like, we are, we have no appointments today, but come in now. And if, as soon as we can get you in just to check him and they did, they took him in and they kept him for a few hours, which I hate being in my home without him. It doesn't feel like my home. That cat belongs here. Like he and I are, he, he's just the, he's my, he's my soulmate. Um, He's my soulmate. And, uh, but, but you know, they took him and then it, it, the doctor, so this is wild. The doctor was like, all right, well he might have a blockage, um, in his stomach, which is like a horrifying thing to hear. Cause if he has a blockage in his stomach, uh, it's, it's surgery. It's like open him up surgery. And so I was just like, all right. And the cool thing about my program, my ACA is before ACA, I would have, uh, not been okay until we got the results. Like I, like I would have been, I just, I, like I've said like a couple of weeks ago, I stay out of the wreckage of the future. Like it's not easy. And, it, but it's just like, I cannot control this right now. So we dropped him off. I went home and I like cleaned a little bit, showered, got ready. I had a job later that day and was just like, all right, just like, you know, just, just, you, you don't have the answers yet. But when he was talking to me about the blockages, he was like, yeah, this, he was like, does he eat things he's not supposed to? And Henry's never really been a cat that eats, you know, Lucy will eat shit because she's a street cat. So if I leave food out, Lucy will tear it apart. So I can't leave food out because she, I don't, I don't, I don't think my cat should eat cat food or uh, people food. But Henry's never been that person. But he was like, yeah, this woman a couple weeks ago came in because her, her, her cat was throwing up a bunch and she couldn't get her cat to stop throwing up. So she, she brought him in and we did an x-ray and Dr. Kumar found 50 fucking hair ties in this cat's stomach. Five, zero. 
And he goes, yeah. And the woman's like crying. Like, what do I do? And he goes, well, how in the world did you not notice 50 missing hair ties? And I know I understand. No, I don't. I don't. Like, I know we all have a lot of hair ties and bobby pins or whatever, but like, I could see missing like two or three in a row being like, that's weird. I always put them here and they're not here anymore. But five, zero, also 50, that, that's all that like, it's just like pay attention to your fucking animals. You know what? I, I don't know. And he was like, he's like, then she was like crying and angry that we had to do surgery and so scared. But he's like, why the fuck aren't you watching your cat? Like why, why if you're going to have an animal or a kid fucking pay attention. So thank God there was no blockage. Henry's fine. He has a kidney stone, but Kumar was like, yeah, he's probably going to have that for ever. He's just that it's just going to be there. And, um, and it's fine. Um, that's that there's just like a, but it's not going to pass. It's not going to do anything. He's going to be fine. Um, which is just like a little, but it's been there a couple of years when he went to the ER, they told me that too. They were like, yeah, he's, they were like, he, it's just there and it's fine. Um, I hope God, I mean, he's been really great right now, but so Dr. Kumar was just like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes he's like, maybe he's just a little sick. So we gave him some pills and, uh, but then when I went and picked him up, the, the nurse was like, I was like, thank you so much for, for, you know, seeing us. And she's like, well, we love you guys. Like we, we love you. And, you know, we want to, and then they called yesterday to make sure he was okay. And I was just like, ah, get yourself a really good vet. Um, and he, and he slept with me last night for the first time since he started getting sick when he's, when he doesn't feel well or he's mad at me, he doesn't sleep with me, but when he feels good and he's happy, he sleeps with me. And I woke up last night and he was like curled. He was like sleeping with me. Normally he lays like right by my legs, but he was like in my arms and I woke up and I was like, oh, this is the happiest I've ever been. Um, but so anyway, so, uh, yeah, Stacy, man, she was so, she was just so, fun and cool. And, uh, so I met her and Jenny, I was 22 years old and there was a naked juice spec commercial that a film, uh, a, a film student was making. And we had all, we were all cast in it. And a spec commercial is like not a real commercial. Like it's like, uh, like a, like a pitch, a spec is like uh, the best I can put like a pitch, you know, about a commercial, like here's my commercial for, naked juice. And you know, if it, it's well, we'll pitch it to the advertise, whatever, but it's a student, it was a student commercial. But that day, so I, there was a bunch of girls on set, right? It was like 15 girls and we were all in bikinis and like, like, ah, laughing and drinking naked juice. And we drank like 40 naked juices and I didn't know anyone there. And Jenny and Stacy had come together and I kept being like, I'm so gassy. I'm so gassy. And all the other girls are like, ew, I'm not gassy at all. And, uh, and, uh, and then the only other two, Jenny and Stacy were like, we're so fucking gassy. And we, and like, so we like bonded all day about how we just couldn't stop farting. Right. And all the other models were like, ew, we don't fart. And we were like, girl, we're like going in the bathroom and like blowing it out, man. How you can't drink that much naked juice without it. It's not healthy. And then at the end of the day, we were like, we all should go get drinks. And the other girls were like, yeah, we'll come too. And Jenny and Stacy and I were like, no, that's okay. We'd rather just go with the gassy women, the women that, you know, act like women, humans, not the women who act like they're fucking robots. We don't want that energy. So we, you know, we became really good friends and the three of us were really close. And um, then, you know, and then Stacy met this older guy who was fine, but he was much older, like 50 when she was 30, you know, he's like 20 years older than us. And, um, she just kind of, and he had all, you know, he had a lot of money and he, she just kind of like 
became sort of disconnected with the world. Like I remember like she didn't have to pay for anything anymore, work for anything. And everything was just like hand, you know, it was just really. And I remember one day we were out and I had an appointment with a personal trainer and I was like, and you know, we were, we were having a nice day, but I was like, I got to go. I have an appointment with this guy. He's like, just, she's like, just be late. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be late. And she was like, well, you're paying him. So who cares? Just be late. And I was like, oh, it's still really rude. And that, but that's just sort of how she like, she's the shift happened was, uh, she was like, God, I don't even, what was her, that's her last name. Okay. I, I, I always had a nickname for her. We haven't, we haven't talked in like five or six years. Um, just cause she became racist, uh, and Trumpy and, and, you know, we had a hard time. Uh, I, when I started working at big wangs, she and I started to grow apart. And Jenny had told me that she was like, Kimmy's angry now. And I wasn't angry. I just wasn't a people pleaser who didn't like laugh at all of her husband's racist jokes. You know, like I wasn't like, or, you know, he's a straight white Republican. He, he made a lot of, you know, bad jokes. And when I was real young, I was uncomfortable. And the last time we saw each other, uh, it was like five, five, six years ago. Uh, the three of us went to get uh, drinks and she has two sons and they were adopting a Mexican baby. Uh, and I don't I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not using her last name, so I don't know if this is who, I mean, she's not on any social media. I don't even know where she, whatever. I'm like, as I'm telling this story, it's not a good story. She does not look good in it. So I, I maybe I shouldn't have used her name, but I guess I don't give a fuck. Um, but we're, you know, they're adopting this little Mexican girl and they have two, you know, sons, um, important. The, the race of the daughter is important, um, for the story. And for, so it was, you know, five or six years ago, we're sitting at, we're sitting at drinks and, uh, she's making all these like weird, uncomfortable racist jokes and I'm not laughing and I, and I'm just like, that's not funny. And, and, and she goes, well, when you were, she goes, you used to think it was funny when, when Patrick, you know, said, you know, racist things or said the N word. And I was like, yes, yeah, Cece, I was a 22 year old people pleaser. I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what else to do. If he did that in front of me now, I, I, yeah, I'd fucking walk out and say something. Right. Like, but I was like, I was a 22 year old terrified people pleaser. I didn't know what else to do, but giggle. I was uncomfortable. And then she said something else. And I was just like, I really hope you don't say this shit in front of your, your, your daughter, your adopted dad. That's gotta be so confusing for her that you guys talk about, you know, different races the way you do when she's a different race. I was like, it's gotta be really awful for her. I really hope you don't do that. And then she looked at me and she goes, how can we be racist? We're adopting a Brown baby. And I was like, Oh, we're done here. We're done. And this is a while back, right? This five, six years ago. And I left and I was like, I will never talk to her again. And I went to mouthy pants. Um, the, uh, the uh, open mic workout room I ran with Whitney for a long time. And the woman who ran the bar was a black woman. And I, and we were good friends. And I, I asked her about it. I was just like, Hey, this just happened. Am I being like the sensitive white person that's making it, you know, you know, like white people will be like that. I'm going to step in front of this movement and somehow make it about me. Right. And I was like, am I like, am I being am I wrong? Am I being overly sensitive? And she looked at me and she goes, I hope you never speak to that woman again. That is ugly as fuck. And I was like, yeah, I won't. And so, you know, I, I haven't, she called me, uh, I want to say six months before the pandemic and didn't leave a message. And I never called back. And you know, I, I never, there's a precious fee you hold on to, but there's, you know, friends fucking come and go, man. And it, it is, I've been, it's just been a real, like the two big themes for me in the last couple of weeks is letting go of people that are not good for me or good humans 
and accepting that people come and go and that's okay. Especially when people are like, you know, like that, like that's okay that that bitch is out of my life. Um, God. And, and uh, how some of the stuff with her son, like her two sons, like it's just like the weird enmeshed codependency was just like, they all sleep in like one big bed together. They have like a mansion. And I, and I'm just like, that's like, your kids are going to have to go to like some, that's like some covert shit, dude. Like that's like, like, and they're like older. They're not like babies. They're like 12. Um, so fucking unhealthy. Uh, but yeah, so the themes have been like, I'm like letting shit go, letting people go, understanding that friends come and go, you know, and there's some that you just fucking hold on to. And then also I'm talking to a lot of people about like, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm really raw right now. I, I just started birth control like a month ago. I think I told you guys, man, the reaction, I am a ticking time bomb. I'm either really angry or I can't stop crying, but I'm like really raw right now. So a lot of another thing that's been going on lately is people are opening up to me about their shit, which has been really lovely. And I don't, you know, I don't take it on, but I'm able to like hold space for people. And so those have been the big themes. Um, but I did, I had, I had lunch, I had brunch with Jenny a, a couple of weeks ago and Jenny and I have, you know, she's one of those friends that, uh, that, you know, I met her when I was 22 and, you know, almost 40 and she's just, we, we haven't seen each other in a couple of years. She's moved to Denver now, which is, you know, great. She's like, she's like me and my husband are always like, when you come to Denver, please stay here, please come see us. And we had this brunch and we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. And it was like, it was one of those friends that like literally no time had passed when she left. She goes, it's so, when we left, she goes, it's so funny. I feel like I've we, we saw each other last week. Like that's how easy and calm and great the conversation is. And she, she had a falling out with Stacey recently. I mean, she's, she's been, you know, not as close to, but she wasn't like, fuck her until, uh, uh Stacey and Stacey, her husband are Trumpers and they're anti-vaxxers and they tried to go see her in Denver. And she just said, you know, um, my family's made the decision not to spend time with, you know, people who are unvaxxed, uh, her, you know, both their parents are immune compromised with cancer and they're just like, we just want to keep our loved ones safe. And Stacy like flipped out at her and was like, yeah, you know, anti-vaxxers aren't very quiet about, and they're very offended when you're like, well, like they think you not wanting to hang out with them is you not respecting their choice to not get vaccinated. And it's like, actually, I didn't say, I mean, I think you're a moron and you don't understand science, but like, I didn't say anything about you. Like don't get vaccinated, but you have to understand that people aren't going to want to see you. Like some people are just not going to want you to, but man. And I was like, of course she's a Trump supporter. There's no way she wouldn't be a Trump supporter. Like how, like some of the shit she said once she got with, once, you know, she stopped being this cool woman I met when I was 22. Some of her shit was just wild. But, but yeah, Jenny and I have this, uh, this, uh, brunch and she told me the coolest story, which I'm going to leave you on today. Um, the coolest story, dude. So Jenny, uh, works, um, she, she, uh, works at, um, an office, a doctor's office for autistic kids. Right. And she like runs offices and she has her own business and she, um, but she used to work in this big ass company in California, uh, that helped autistic people, kids, I think. And she ran the office and she was looking for uh, an assistant years ago. Right. And this guy comes in and she's like, I always, she's like, I always think of you. And she finally told me the story. She's like, I've been meaning to tell you this story for years. Cause she's like, when I saw this, I thought of you and you going after your dreams. And 
you know, she's like, I read your book and I, you know, I support all your shit and I, I keep watching you like, you know, move forward and move forward. And I can't wait till you, it's like you pop. Right. And she's like, I always think of this. I always think of you when I think of this story. So this guy comes in and she interviews him to be her assistant. And she's like, he has no office, uh, uh, credits, credits on his resume. I don't know if credits is what people use work experience, experience credits is an actor thing. Uh, but she's like, he had no, no office experience, no doctor experience, like no, like anything. He was a writer. And, and, and she was like, yeah, you don't have any, he's like, I know. He's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a comedian. And I just, I, he's like, I, 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 I keep uh, failing a lot and I need money. Right. Like, just like uh, uh, every person who is listening to this right now, who is in the arts or is going after a dream understands that sometimes you're like, fuck, I guess I'm going to try and be an office assistant while, to pay my bills while I go after this dream. And she was like, she goes, yeah. And he goes, and he goes, yeah. And she goes, so it's not happening for you, the dream or whatever. And he was like, well, I have auditioned for SNL three times. And I have been rejected three times. And he was like, so I, I you know, I need uh, three times rejected from SNL. And then, and then Jenny goes, do you know, uh, have you heard of Mikey Day? Dude, Mikey Day is like one of the main guys on SNL now. That guy was rejected from SNL three fucking times. And she's like, I think I still have his resume somewhere because I saved it because it just like made, reminded me of like me, Kim. She's like, it reminded me of you of just like, of just like keep fucking swimming dude, three times. And he, you know, and she's like, I didn't hire him because he really had no experience. But I, you know, I think about him often and she's like, and now Mikey day, look him up. He's like one of the head writers and he's on it all the time. He's so just don't quit your dreams. So they're moral of this podcast. Don't quit your dreams. Friends come and go. Humans are all fucked up and raise the price of rent in your head because a lot of people's opinions just don't matter. And be kind to each other, man. We're all fucked up, dude. And the isolate, you know, I just, maybe if we were all a little bit more open about it, those, those of us who feel that the only option out is to take our lives might not, you know, if they don't feel as alone. Um, yeah, my heart goes out to Sarah's family and all of her friends. She was really loved. Pretty heartbroken about it. She was a, she was a, she was a, like a lot of people who have depression, a lot of comedians and a lot of people end up killing themselves. Um, actually everybody I know that's ever committed suicide where it was a fucking bright light when you saw them, they just were. And, and like, it's like, I think Robin Williams said it a couple, you know, a couple of years ago, he died a while ago, but he said it once. He said the happiest people, the fun, you know, are, are, are the saddest people constantly try to make other people happy because they know how hard it is to be so sad. So, uh, that's the moral of this whole thing. Be nice to each other. We're all fucked up. Fuck the people who live rent free in your head, except for the woman from Trader Joe's. I think it's kind of funny. She's in there. I don't have a name for her. She has short skin color hair. It's like not blonde. It's not brown. It's like, you know what color? It's not gray. You know what color we're talking about? It's a weird color. Um, but yeah, man. And go after your dreams. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. Friends fucking come and go. I just... All right. Uh, you ready for a poop scoop? I've been promising this one for a couple of weeks. I got a message from a guy who is a big listener. Hi. I, I, he wrote me a, pri uh, a personal story first, and then he left me with a poop scoop. So I won't read you the personal story, but I do appreciate when you guys send me. I don't know. I, I, I really appreciate everyone who listens and 
can relate to the shit I'm saying. And I love hearing from you guys. So kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. And if you've pooped your pants or had a close call or, you know, scooped your own poop out of a toilet in fear of people finding out because the toilet plugged, we've all been there. We use toilet paper. It's fine. Um, you have a funny poop story, anything, please send it to kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. So here it goes. When I was young, I haven't read this part. I read the personal part and then I stopped because I like reading this live. When I was young, I would be embarrassed to poop in public because I thought people would laugh at me. Same dude. This was especially bad at my friend's house. My dad's best friend had a daughter a couple of years older than me or at a friend's house. My dad's best friend had a daughter a couple of years older than me and I always had a crush on her. So this was always a stressful time when I was seven or eight, when seven or eight year old me had to go. It's so funny. I love how stressed out we are about pooping. So I would hold it until I couldn't hold it any longer and would inevitably shit myself, which was obviously more embarrassing than going to the bathroom. So I shit my pants at their house more than a couple times just growing up. Not the greatest poop scoop, but definitely not a highlight of my life. No, it's so good. Oh my God, that's so good. I love that you didn't learn your lesson multiple times. You were probably just like really hopeful that you wouldn't poop your pants again. You're like, I'm just going to try. It'll probably be fine. I won't poop my pants. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love, I inevitably, I just shit my pants at their house more than a couple times. Oh my God. It's so funny to me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it was good. Please send me your poop scoops. I will end you with why I am one lucky broad. Ah, I'm one lucky broad. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be alive, man. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot on here. There was some time, there was a, uh, a big chunk of my life not too long ago that I did not want to be here any longer. And I, although I still, you know, struggle with my, you know, my shit, it's nowhere near where it was before. And I'm just really fucking grateful. I'm grateful that you're still here. You know, if you're, if you're struggling, you're not alone, reach out, reach out. I remember when I was, when I was, when I wasn't, you know, when I was suicidal, uh, I knew my brain was broken and I knew that the way I could save my life was just to tell anybody who would listen that I was thinking about doing this. And yes, people left. A lot of people are no longer in my life over that, which, you know, you and I both know that that just equals the trash took out itself. Um, but there is some people that help me fight like hell to stay here. And I'm so grateful for those people. And if you're struggling, you're not alone. And I'm one lucky broad that I got to know Sarah. She was a good lady. She was funny. She was sweet. She always had a smile and a hug. And I'm really, I'm really sad that she, she thought it was her time to go. Um, yeah. So be kind to each other, everyone. Be kind, be fucking kind. We're all so fucked up. That's the show. Uh, you know the drill. If you can, you know, leave me a, a review. Uh, it just takes a couple seconds and it means a whole lot to me. Um, I have a book. If you haven't bought it yet, you can get it at Amazon or you can go to my 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 website, uh, Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. I have a Patreon. So now you get you can get these episodes one week early is one of the perks. Uh, you also get, I have two bonus episodes a month, one called My Sexual Revolution, and I just talk about my sex life. Uh, in a nutshell, I just talk about my sex life, how I got to where I am. I lost, I think I talked about my loss, losing my virginity last month. This month I'm going to talk about, um, being, uh, 
uh, more about my bisexuality. I talked about that two months ago, I believe, but next this month I'm going to talk more and more about it more and more. So if you're interested, uh, you can become a Patreon. If you're interested in hearing that become a Patreon subscriber. I also have a once a month podcast with another comedian named Jeff may. Uh, we have really fun van- banter. We just have a nice time. So if you want to, you want to check that out, um, become a Patreon subscriber. And there's a couple other little perks. I have this bikini photo uh, that I will sign and send it to you on one of the tiers. If you want just the bikini photo, uh, you can Venmo me. I, I, someone, I, someone was asked if they could just buy it instead of becoming a Patreon. And I was like, oh, I guess. So I put it on my my Facebook or my Instagram. So if you want the signed bikini photo, it's an old photo. I was like 22 years old. I'm on this couch. Uh, I will sign it. Just Venmo me 10 bucks because uh, it's going to pay for my time, um, my time, my gas money and postage. Because uh, going to the post office is kind of a nightmare. Um, and uh, yeah, so Venmo me 10 bucks with your address and who you'd like me to make the bikini photo out to. My Venmo's Kim Kral, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L. I'm laughing because I, I put it up there thinking it was ridiculous. And then many people were like, yeah, I'd like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. Uh, so that's all that. Uh, thanks for listening every week, man. Uh, man, thanks, Lim- thanks man. Uh, it really means the world. I, I know I say that a lot, but it really, really, really does. So thank you so much. Um, be nice to each other. Be kind. Be kind. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space, I don't care.